What's up, everybody? This is Chef Marcus Samson with my dear partner, Jason Diakate. We're both on island time. I'm on the island of Bahamas, and Jason is the island of Gotland on the east coast of Sweden. And he's having vacation time, so he's cooking on the grill, taking his short, good time on it. Uh, but Gotland is a great island for food, definitely. Check it out. We're going right now, this moment. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Marcus, my brother, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? So right now I'm on vacation, man. Yeah. Putting food on the grill, going to the beach, or, you know, or ducking the bad weather if it's a bad summer. And this summer is actually kind of 50-50 because uh, I have all July off, more or less, and then my tour starts the beginning of August. So right now I'm in Gotland, which is a beautiful island in the Baltic Sea on the east coast of Sweden. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know... we're not abroad, but it has kind of that feeling like we're, like we're, you know, uh, it's the Swedish Mediterranean, basically, you know, really nice beaches, a lot of, uh, great food. Yeah. Good food. Good, very good produce, a lot of farmers. So a lot of agriculture, very good lamb, stuff like that. So I'm just here with the family. We rented a little house, you know, spending time at the beach. I was just telling uh, Jared that, uh, we got something that looks like a heat wave here. Uh, and he asked, how, how, how hot is a heat wave in Sweden? I said, well, you know, high 80s, wouldn't you say, Marcus? Yeah, sure. I That's mean, exactly. I yeah. love the heat waves in Sweden because it actually it's pleasant. You know what I mean? It's 85, yeah. 86. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's not know, like New York. It's nice, you know. I'm actually connecting with you from the beautiful island of Bahamas. So wow. same thing going through. Because of the pandemic, we're, we were a little bit behind on a restaurant opening, our restaurant market's opening here in Bahamas. So everything that was supposed to happen during 2020, it's really now in 21 um, happening. So I'm on Nassau, the main island. It's beautiful. Uh, we're going to have our opening event on Saturday. And I came down a little bit early to do um, some you know, some media today show and entertainment tonight and stuff like that. But beautiful, beautiful uh, part of the world. Our restaurant's on the water. Uh, my run this morning, I was just looking back and said, wow, boy, am I, am I lucky. This is, it's on the water. It, it's so beautiful. And um, it's just been great to be down yeah, there. I think the most, most beautiful beaches I've seen in my life are in the Bahamas. Yeah. 
it's been and best fried fish too to be honest yeah you got you got a lot fried of fishes off the hook yeah and it's, it's you know bahamas is 700 ice collective of 700 islands and keys mm. i've been maybe been mm. to 10 of them so you know i got i got a lot mm. to go but it's, it's just been <laughs> beautiful to you know yeah. it's not just that we're opening another restaurant but teams is working so just like you you got your some of your band back and working with mm -hmm. the local staff here has been amazing and you know you start to realize when you, as, as the world opened up again, that so many cultures and people, we've been on pause, right? And just to mm -hmm. see the young cooks working back again, and you know, everyone's wearing masks, but we're doing it. And it, it is just, uh, it's been, um, you know, big shout out to the crew and the staff that everybody made this happen. So, you know, on Saturday, we're gonna have our steel band. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Yep. Shoot it for yep. you, so, and then and hopefully send it to you, so you can see. Hey, you talk about. to the you talk to the fishermen, so you got yep. your fresh fish and your seafood and everything. Absolutely. Everything is tight. Yeah. Yeah. What are you excited about on the menu there at this? Uh, are you? I mean, you know, I take it each restaurant that's mm -hmm. you know, if you're in Las Vegas, it's one mm -hmm. thing. If you're in Miami, it's another. But uh, and New York definitely. Um, but what is the, the, the local flavors of Bahamas for you? I mean, you nailed it. It's the seafood. They have a specific, uh, mm. uh, you know, item here called conch that I'm sure you had when you've been down here. Yes, sir. Yeah, and yep. it's very specific. It's these very beautiful seashells, yeah. and the, the beaches were covered with the, with the, the empty conch mm -hmm. shells, and so beautiful. Yeah, so making the right conch salad, but also the conch fritters. So it's just been one of those things that, uh, you know, the ocean, we wake up early, we go out. Uh, we've been fishing or talking to the fishermen and I'm going out Friday again fishing. It's just, mm. it's nature, being in nature and, and, and mm. uh, you know, conch would probably be the main thing here, but also great crab. Con yeah, conch is, I, I would say, quite unique. I, I haven't been that much to the, the Caribbean, mm -hmm. but the only place I've been to that, that served conch everywhere was the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and Groper, a lot of the Groper. Yeah, they've got a lot of Groper. Right? They've got a lot of Snapper, uh, Tuna, where you go further out. That's probably an hour out from, from here. But it's it's uh, it's just been great. Just good vibes, you know, just really, mm. you know, mm -hmm. um, going out on the keys but here. Spe speaking of, Marcus, do you ever take a holiday? Yeah. Like, is there is there going to be any time off for you this summer, or, I, or is it? I think uh, in, uh, in August, my goal. I mean, my wife and I we're renovating out east, our house out east. So uh, that was supposed to be done by May, but obviously all renovation takes longer. So hopefully, um, our house is ready by mid August, and um, there's been so much rain in New York, so we've had a little bit of issue with. Um, in, in New York as well. So I hope that by the time we can go out east and stay out there, we can actually fix. Um, because it, it's been, the weather was really, it, was, it rained really, really hard uh, over the weekend. So we, we need to, we had some floodings in New York that we got to take care of. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, so the big question is though, Marcus, when are you coming to Smagen, to oh. the West Coast? When are you coming back to Sweden? Nah, I'll, I will come back to Sweden, but I, <laughs> not, no Smagen this year, and I hate it. It's like one of no. those things that, yeah. uh, just like you didn't, you didn't Tory last year, um, I'm not going to be in Smagen this year, and it's, it's the first time in my adult life that I, I haven't done it, and I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it a lot. Okay, other big 
you know, the biggest happening, biggest event, at least on the Euro side of things, is, of course, the European Championship finals that went down yes. uh, in London. Did you see it? Yes, of course. It was. Uh, it was yeah. So how are you feeling today? I I feel, first of all, it was a great Euro. It was what we needed as Europeans, as, as just something to gather around. And in the States, people watched it too, which was great. And uh, it's like the best when sports can bring people together. I think the Euros is so unique because you get the big country against the little country and everybody, you know, gets a chance to be patriotic in a, in a fun way, not too serious way. And I think that's the best of sports and culture when you can kind of like... Everybody have their own song or, or their own version of clothing. or It's a fun way that young and old can get together and people can just show. And um, I thought this was very successful because people needed, after the pandemic, right, we needed something that was just made people happy. Win or lose made, made people yeah, happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. And it was crazy to see the stands. You know, the stands were packed. Um, I don't know how many people were in there, but uh, tens of thousands, like maybe... 30, 40, 50,000 people at Wembley, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. where the final was played. It was like pre-pandemic days, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was a good game, man. Yeah. But, you know, both teams were go went all in. Um, I got to see my man Raheem Sterling, yeah. you know, Jamaica. trying to move past. He couldn't, he, couldn't really, he couldn't really get it all the way, but every time he gets the ball, man, he's so fast. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, his just agility and speed, he's unstoppable, man. Yeah, no, Raheem. Um, but the Italians, I, I think the right, the, the right team won, oh, yeah. as, as far as I see it, yeah. No, it was fair. You know, it was definitely, the Italians have actually been the better, the, the, the whole tournament, but I think that, you know, it was fun, and I think it's we needed that. We needed to get together, and that's what soccer in its best way can do. Whether it's soccer or the Olympics, hopefully, we just need something that uh, brings people back together because it's been just scary for all of us for the last eighteen months, you know. But you know, and I mean, I woke up to the headlines that uh, soccer young. Um, mm -hmm young uh, player for the England team of African descent, uh, he actually missed his last, the last penalty kick. Mm -hmm. um, so basically that was a nail in the coffin for, for, the, for the British team, for the English team. But uh, woke up to the headlines that of course he had been, um, that there had been racist, uh, you know, racist attacks. That he'd been... Uh, 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 yeah. 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 What do you say? Well, I mean, you know, uh, people had been uh, net hate, as they call well, it in Sweden. Internet hate uh, is just swarming about. You know. Well, I think it. I think it's very, very unfortunate, right? One of the things that you see in the beautiful thing in the Dutch team and the French team and the English team that is, it really shows this country's diversity, and you know, at least thirty, forty percent, fifty percent sometimes, or maybe seventy percent of the French team are from Caribbean mm. or African descent. And yeah, North African, yeah. African, Caribbean, yeah, yeah and, and, and even Middle Eastern, you know. All of that. And I felt well with when you have the penalty shootouts, it's 50 50, right? You can miss a penalty, you can score one. And the way it happened with, you know, Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho, the two British players, they were just on the field for maybe two minutes before the penalty shootouts. They were basically cold feet. And then Saka was also another substitute. He played uh, maybe for half an hour or so. And, uh, you know, 
Kane and Maguire scored. And then it's rare that you have three misses in a row, but Rashford hit the post and then Sancho and then uh, the youngest one, Bakaya Saka. But, and, and Saka, but I, I was so worried that as a black player, you, you, you don't want to think about it like that, but I kind of knew it would go to race Race, racist abuse because if you follow the Premier League those are the players that get they're the most loved in many ways but also the ones that get the most abuse and right away people some people took it there and it's just horrible it's just really sad yeah yeah it really is it really really is uh, I haven't read more of the reactions from him or um, or his teammates but it's uh it's a shameful way to, to go out on that. Not surprising. I, was, I, I hate to say it. I wasn't surprised. I, was, I hoped it wouldn't happen because I thought they did such a good job of bringing the country together. So, but then, of course, online is a space where people can just feel that like they can just attack people. And it's, it's horrible, you know. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Jason, the one thing I wanted to ask you about, I really wanted to talk to you about it because the one thing that I've noticed this spring is for the first time, maybe it's because I haven't been home in a long time, but I always feel like I've always had a good foot in terms of pop culture and what happened in the news in Sweden. And for this last six months, it's just been so, all these shootings and all these things that is happening in Sweden, I feel like I don't, fully understand what's going on and when something happened in my city like Gothenburg I you know I, I think about it a lot so there's been so to, so basically what happened just to walk through what I know of the the latest uh incident violent incident to make the the news was that a young police officer yeah. was uh shot and killed in uh, an area of Gothenburg called Biskopsko, mm-hmm. which probably you know. Of course. I, I take it you know. Yeah, so so tell us a bit about that area. I don't know. I've never been. Oh, Biskopsko is, is, first of all, it's on Hissing Island, which would be like Söder in Stockholm, would be like Brooklyn in New York. It's a very, very important part of Gothenburg. It used to be the industrial home of Volvo and so on, but it's always been where culture lives. So if you... Uh, Great soccer player comes from there, but also a lot of music concerts are over there. Uh, and he's singing. And Biskop's Gordon is one of these places where, yes, it's it's been a lot of immigrant uh, population, but it's also just like I said, the best way to explain it is probably like Brooklyn. It's one of those places like Flatbush that you love. Uh, I used to go there a lot. My friends were in my soccer team, a lot of them came from Biskop's Gordon, and it's a place that is part of your city, and that's a very important place of the city of Gothenburg. I mean, it's become a, a political 
hot potato about uh, gang violence and, uh, you know, one side blaming the other mm -hmm. as it always goes. Yeah. To me, I see it as, in a sense, Sweden is becoming like any other Western European market economy country, which is also the direction Sweden has been heading in for the past three decades mm -hmm. with the dismantling of this very solid and very kind of controlled welfare state into becoming more a just a typical Western market economy. And in that you have um, income inequalities growing and with the dismantling of the welfare state, well then of course you have in the poorer neighborhoods, you have uh, schools that have uh, a lower standard, uh, you know, all these kind of ailments mm -hmm. of, of Western societies that you see, of course, in the United States, England, France, yes. you name yeah. it, you know, any, you could, you could, you could just drop into uh, any Western nation and you'd see this, mm -hmm. you know, and of course, as opposed to say, uh, uh, Los Angeles in Europe, um, the further you get from the city center, normally the poorer it gets. So the, when we talk about the suburbs in Sweden, those are the, uh, mm -hmm. the disenfranchised communities. And you see this in suburbs running throughout Europe, whether you're in Paris, London, Stockholm, Gothenburg, Malmo. Um, I think it, it's, uh, it's really a sign of that Sweden in a sense, in, a, in not the most positive sense, is catching up to the rest of Europe, where we're seeing, you know, a lot of drug trade, uh, a lot more guns. I mean, when you and I grew up, Marcus, it was very rare yeah. that I even heard of anybody that had a gun or had, you know, uh, or knew somebody that had a gun. I mean, very rarely would we even hear of shooting. Today, it's not, it's not uncommon at all. Wow. I would say it's quite common. It's very foreign to me. Like when I hear this stuff, right, it's not that I didn't know there was, there's areas that had some challenges and troubles, but I always felt like, when I was growing up, all these areas, like where there's Angered, Biscops Gordon, Lensman, not just through soccer, but a lot through soccer. I knew, I played soccer in all those places. I knew a lot of kids growing up that have nothing but great uh -huh. memories from these suburbs. Uh -huh. Not just the soccer, uh -huh. but it was also music. That's where you used to go and see a young band. Yeah. It was a lot of culture. Like, so when you talk These about, areas are melting they're pots. They're melting pots. Because you have, like, it, it, you know, as opposed to the States, it's not just, you know, your Polish neighborhood, your Orthodox Jewish neighborhood, yep. your Puerto Rican neighborhood, your Dominican, but the the suburbs of Sweden truly are kind of a, a melting pot of all the non-European cultures and immigrants in Sweden. So you'll have Iranians, Kurds, yeah. uh, uh, Senegalese people, uh, Congolese people, um, you know, uh, Palestinians, Lebanese, everybody. Finnish people, mm -hmm. like everybody's all mixed, you know, and one of the things I love and that's unique about European hip hop culture is that, uh, for example, Swedish hip hop slang or Swedish, the Swedish equivalent of, of Ebonics is, uh, is built on words from, you know, Turkish, Kurdish, uh, uh, from the African continent, from uh, Arabic, Arabic of and course. it's this mix, you know, uh, Ro Roma, um, uh, Roma words, you know, mm -hmm. uh, when they called cops Aina, mm -hmm. or uh, you know, uh, a gun is called a tabanja, mm -hmm. which is uh, which is I, I understand a, a Turkish word, you know. So this 
it's it's really reflected in hip hop culture. Yeah. But I think for you know for Swedes, and also how this is being played out politically. Of course, you have, you know, we have our equivalent of the of the GOP of the Swedish equivalent of Republicans who are saying, well, we need more police officers. You know, the t- the whole typical kind of conservatives uh, tough on crime approach, um, and even further taking it to well. Uh, you know, indirectly and implicitly blaming immigrants, right? Refugees, immigrants, like we can't let, you know, we can't just let anybody into the country. We really have to uh, be tougher on who we let into the country so we we don't get these uh, criminal elements. You know, more or less kind of scapegoating and and oversimplifying something that's actually a a social issue. You know, this is has all to do with uh, with economics yeah. and and uh, and opportunity and and groups in societies that uh, feel disenfranchised, feel like feel they don't, disenfranchised, yeah, they're disenfranchised. They don't have the same opportunities. No. They don't have the same networks. Um, uh, and then at the same time, the opportunities are presented in, for example, uh, selling drugs because yeah. it's a way to get respect, make money, and with that comes, you know, then uh, arming yourself mm. and. Fighting with, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, you know, with uh, with rival gangs and so forth, and and that to me, I saw I, I, what I see in Sweden is a lot of time is spent talking about the symptoms, mm. but not the actual disease. Yeah, right. So I hear I hear very little talk about going to the root causes of like how could we how could we invest more in these yeah. areas? Nobody's saying that. How can we invest more in the schools? How can we build music studios, football academies? And I'll have to take this upon myself too, you know, in 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 the United States you have this beautiful and long tradition of 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 celebrities and and people who have been successful giving back to the communities not only that they come from but giving back to disenfranchised communities and we see i see very little of that yeah. in sweden but having said that i myself have done very little to contribute uh, in that way you know uh, so that's something i could say to myself and to other people in my position that that we and, and to you too marcus like we could definitely do more uh, for the areas and the cities that we come from and and kind of reinvest but but because sweden has this strong culture of of believing in the state the welfare state like if you're if you've lost your job you know the state will take care of you uh you know everybody gets the same chance to uh, uh, to get an education get health care and so forth but that's not really what's happening you know, anymore that's our you know? th- no. no that's our image and our image is kind of lagging because that's not where we are today. yeah no i think it's also a very interesting journey what you just talked about because you know what you think something was and what it is everybody needs to sort of have it always a check of map and compass right you know you think about the swedish mm-hmm. history with immigrants and then refugees it's a very different one you know uh and it really starts around the second world war and then when when sweden really wanted and needed guest workers you know whether it was from from balk or whether it was from balk countries or whether it was from italy and spain and then these waves uh of worldly events that happened worldly events that happened whether it was in chile or ethiopia or somalia or you know you walk up through the 80s uh-huh, and the uh-huh. 90s and then of course you have uh-huh. syria and all of those things so it starts shifting from really Im- uh, us wanted and get guest workers till eventually 
immigrants and then eventually to refugees. So that layer becomes really the 10% of Sweden's population that has foreign identity or foreign-born identity. And, Mm. you know, we're a multi-layered, complex society, and I'm not really 100% sure that we've signed off on that as, as a multi-layered cultural experience. Right? I, don't think, I don't think we have. And I don't think there's a, a, a sensitivity to the fact that entering Swedish society, getting a job, uh, being able to make a living, getting an apartment, it's, it's different depending on, you know, one of the, one of the key elements in, in Sweden that makes it difficult for people who... Um, haven't been in the country, who are new to the country, is language. Mm -hmm. Language is such a, uh, it's almost, I mean, language, of course, as it is in many countries, is a class issue, like how you speak, you know, what what dialect you speak and so forth. But in Sweden, for a long time, it's been kind of a demand set on immigrants, refugees, anybody who's new to the country. Like, before you enter the uh, job market, you have to learn proper Swedish. And then what is that, right? So... People like my father, for example, who speak broken Swedish, then that comes with a whole baggage of kind of, well, uh, that's why my father is, he has two PhDs, Mm -hmm. but he's never held, he's never been, um, uh, no, he's really never never integrated in terms of sort of had a regular job. He's never been given a regular job with like a paycheck and a boss and stuff like that. You know, he's had to invent his own jobs and be kind of entrepreneurial and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, write books and make movies and, and uh, publish his own uh, newsletter, as you know, Marcus, Mm -hmm. you know, shout out to the Lundia. Yes. So, so this, and that's for my dad. And at the same time, I mean, he had an education and also he had American privilege yes. because, you know, everybody speaks English. Mm-hmm. So that's a vast difference yeah. that if you're uh, uh, an immigrant from the United States than if you're a refugee from uh, Af- Afghanistan or, or, or Syria or, or Somalia for that matter. But again, you know, the conversation in Sweden about gang violence, violence in the suburbs so quickly mm-hmm. in the public sphere turns into a conversation about immigration. Yeah. And that's what, what uh, I won't say scares me, but even irritates me, because really, you know, what people are looking for, and the media, of course, is fanning that flame, is for uh, easy answers to complex problems. It's super complex, right? super complex. And, you know, the problem... Yeah. The, and like you said, it's so layered. And, and people know? actually don't know the difference between an immigrant and a refugee. And just think about, peg back the difference between some, I'm an immigrant to America, right? And the the opportunities and the challenge I have to become middle class in America are much, much easier because I come from Sweden, I can speak English, and there's other challenges. Uh, but I do think when you come as a refugee, how do you assemble? How do you come into the new country? And well, let's say you come from a, a country that it's not an English-speaking country, right? Maybe you culturally come from a completely different background. So this is super, super layered and complex. And just like you said, you're never going to have quick fixes to complex issues. And uh, it, it really saddens me because I love Sweden and I love I'm, I love Gothenburg a lot. That's where I grew up. So when I hear this, it's like, wow. And I, it's the first time I really felt like, wow, it's almost like, 
normally somebody talks about Sweden, I always feel like, well, I know why. And here I just felt like, wow, I have to ask Jason about this because it, it really got to me. Um, and then obviously at the same time, you've had this thing that we haven't had a government right over the summer, right? Exactly. <laughs> so you have these exactly. two things clashing and I don't know if they're yeah, necessarily yeah. connected, but it is something is broken. And we mm. actually have to, it's a wake up call to say, how do we actually fix this? I don't know if it's the all post Corona, but mm. something real is broken and you have to fix it politically, socially. I, it, so it, it's not, it's not only broken, it's been kind of gleefully uh, deconstructed mm. and dismantled. And, and it's interesting because even the conservative politicians of today, uh, the, the ultra conservative politicians, they grew up under the welfare state. They grew up under uh, free education. They grew up under uh, uh, health, uh, universal health care. They grew up under uh, municipal music schools that were accessible to everyone. You know, uh, uh, they've reaped the benefit. Their lives are the, the um, result of the benefits of the welfare state. Yet and still, these are the people who happily say we need to dismantle it so that uh, people can have the freedom to choose and let the market decide and so forth and so on. And, and it, I mean, that's been going on for, for, for a couple of decades in Sweden. And I see this as one of the, this is one of the symptoms, like gang-related violence, uh, um, uh, the, the, the increased presence of, of guns on the streets, that's a part of, of the free market economy. And, you know, we all live under this, uh, we all live under the, the capitalist paradigm and, you know, under the system. And you and I work inside of it. And, and our podcast is something that its mechanisms work inside of it. But yet and still, I just mean basically uh, uh, calling a spade a spade, more or less, you know. Uh, and not and not oversimplifying and just saying, oh well, you know, if we had less immigrants in Sweden, then that we'd we'd be able to uh, solve our our problems with violence on the streets. I mean, it's just not it's just two different conversations. Trust me, really. trust me. My industry itself in Sweden is built on immigrants, restaurant industry, hospitality. Mm, yeah, it would, truth, if truth. It wouldn't work without. It wouldn't work for one minute, for one day. You know, and I think it's important to highlight good things and highlight when things are not done right. So, so for example, my industry would not work. And it's, we have a beautiful, diverse hospitality industry in Sweden because of the immigrants. And it's a, the food way is a beautiful way to show where it works. Uh, I actually think it's great that you brought in Swedish hip hop because Swedish hip hop, uh, which you are, are, are one of the building blocks of, but it's also changed and evolved. And I thought it was a really great, great line when you said, that Swedish language that is used in hip hop is really a melange of French, Arabic, um, English. Of course, a lot, a lot of English, English words in there, and in uh, it, it's it, Turkish, Turkish, Iranian, Iranian uh, uh, and it's very Wolof, unique. You, you know, know, it's something that yeah. you, when you listen to, whether it's Adel, whoever you listen to, you can just hear that rhythmically. This is something mm. that came out of that, and is actually a way to show that uh, it's bespoke. <laughs> You know, Marcus, we, we, we had this conversation. Uh, uh, we were talking about and trying to get this uh, to happen uh, last year, even though it was a pandemic year. But I think 
just on the basis of this conversation now, I think we should decide that sometime during the fall, when we can get you over yeah. here, we should do a live live podcast from I Gothenburg and and talk to the people in Gothenburg and in the areas about mm-hmm. you know what's going on yeah. and what they see as solutions because. In every crisis, as we know, of course, we know that there are people on the streets who are doing amazing things and who are active and who are in the areas talking to Mm -hmm. the youth. Uh, But these are the things that it's not published in the big newspapers. It's not on the news. But it's the same story wherever you are in the world, you know. The, the true everyday heroes or the unsung ones. Um, So let's try to connect with... with, uh, with with your hometown, yeah. bro. I would love and, that because uh, I, it it hurts me so much. And obviously, there's there hurts everywhere. There's a there's a dead police officer with his family. There's a young seventeen year old boy that's like uh, that's basically going to be locked up for a, for a long time or for for, for uh, come back to society. I don't know when he's forty five or something like that. Uh, I have no clue. Uh, but it's this is horrible. This this is loose loot. There uh, is no winners and there's just sadness and. And it is, it just hurts me so much. I was like, please don't make it about, don't, you know, like I think about it from like, it's just, it's just, it's just, um, and like yeah, I said, it's Jason, really I that like, it's, wow, I started calling mm. a lot of my friends and they, you know, their parents and like Marcus, Gothenburg has changed, Sweden has changed. And I was like, mm. I get that. Sweden, you know? Sweden has changed. And, and that's the thing too, in a culture, you see the, the, uh, the demographics have changed, the, the, uh, the reality and the realities and the amount of realities has changed. But the kind of the public or general, you know, I'm speaking in really general terms, the self-image of who we are mm-hmm. as a culture is kind of lagging behind. Wow. So we still think, we still think that we're this uh, very egalitarian society that gives equal opportunities to everyone and that we're very open-minded and, and and very humane society. And of course, that's true to an extent, but it's not the entire truth. Mm-hmm. There, you know, there are new facets being put to the Swedish story, yeah. as in any culture story, all the time. Each year, new facets are being created. And I think Sweden has been slow to absorb and kind of really uh, uh, introspect and realize who we actually are today. Mm-hmm. You know, That's interesting. Uh, Sweden is so much more than Midsummer herring yeah. and, and and blonde and blue eyed kids yeah. today, yeah. but that's still the kind of lagging imagery. Yeah. Uh, you know yeah. that that was interesting for me living in New York because I'd tell people I was from Sweden and they'd be like, "What? Yeah. But you're not, you know, you really don't look like a Swede <laughs> that I had pictured in my mind." I'm like, "Well, you know, Sweden is something other than you think, you know." Uh, also, absolutely. and uh, so that of course goes for people on the outside looking in on Sweden, but also for people in Sweden looking looking at ourselves. And I think that we have some soul searching to do. We're, you know, you look at England, for example, we had that conversation yesterday with some friends, like somebody was saying like, I really think England should win the Euros. They really need this after, you know, Brexit, which may turn out to be a huge catastrophe and, and the pandemic and everything. Uh, they need this pickup. And then somebody else said, well, Italy needs it too. Man. Yeah, they sure. Had, you know, massive deaths and so forth. But but uh, we landed in that England was going through kind of an identity crisis, right? Breaking away from Europe. Are we no longer European? We're, sure. you know, the UK and England and so forth. And, and Sweden in its own way is going through that identity crisis too. And 
that's what I mean. We have some soul searching to and, do. And I know. and I think all and countries. This is a symptom. Yeah, but I you think know, the violence is a symptom of that. Of course, and I do think that all countries, all cities now, post-pandemic, or it is, it is a reset, and it's a new opportunity mm. to really think about your community locally, and go. Mm. hyper-local, mm. but also think about it at large, right? And, mm. uh, you know, I think music is a great way to sort of, because art and music is always an expression of what actually goes on, right? Like, you know, the fact mm. that something like Snabba Cash is on Netflix, right? So you have a Swedish yeah, yeah. Uh, a story told mm. in Swedish on Netflix, which actually is going to have kids all over the world, people all over the world, see another part of Sweden that they've never seen, True. right? The Swedish mm. rappers, obviously, is one way to experience it. But culture is really the only other bridge. Food and culture is the bridges for other people to say, oh, there's a change. In the big countries, we saw it through, let's say, when France won the World Cup in 1998. Mm. It was the first time that mm -hmm. country, not the first time, was the country really had to make a decision about inclusion and 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 so on and it's still dealing and struggling with that right and i think that and one of the big heroes of that of the 98 yeah. team zinedan zidane of of uh, you know north african and muslim descent yeah. at the time france had i if i'm not mistaken 4 million uh, 4 million french people were were muslims and they'd had not one single representative mm -hmm. uh uh in their parliament, who was a Muslim. No, so, no but, but my point is, uh, we're very used to hearing from big countries. We know that when America goes mm. through something, it's, it's a global conversation. Even when England and mm. Europe go through some England, Germany, and France. But these smaller countries that are also very, very important, right, are going through yeah. these challenges as well. Mm. But it yet, in the news cycle, it just doesn't uh, reaches out on a global level like that. So I just want to, mm. uh, I, th I think it's great what you said. I would love to do something with you with this moment. In we're definitely, we're, this moment yeah. is coming to Gothenburg. Yeah. Uh, this fall, inshallah, yeah. you know, we'll be there. Uh, I just have two two things I want to recommend all our listeners yeah. if they haven't had a chance to yeah. catch it. Please check out my boys, Summer of Soul, that my boy Ooh. Questlove did. Um, this incredible... It's a documentary, It's right? a documentary you can find on Hulu. Mm -hmm. uh, it's mm -hmm. this incredible Summer of Soul 1969 where you, you know, the world knows about Woodstock, but at the same time, there was this black music festival that had about 50,000 New Yorkers in Harlem every weekend and reached about 300,000 people. And you have these, I've just seen it for the second time when I flew over here. You know, oh, you have I gotta check it out. incredible, yeah. I mean, in Marcus Garvey Park, let's talk about the style. Let's talk about Stevie at 19, Gladys mm, Knight, mm, mm. Um, David Ruffin from, from the, uh, you know, like it's just Nina Simone. Sly and Family Stone, like like I can't wait until you watched it and share it with you. Mm, so the two, I gotta check that out. The two things. And so so this is a documentary made that so that is it mainly footage from back then? Yes. Yeah, so, and then so the Summer yeah. of Soul was really the summer festival, uh, Soul Festival of music that we they shot it, but it was in the basement for fifty years, right? And then Amir and Questlove's team got a hold of it two years ago and started to produce it and launched it July 2nd. It's incredible, Jason. It's really a masterpiece. And 
High on the Hog, the incredible Netflix show that... Oh, High on the Hog, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And actually, I was just talking to Dr. Jessica B. Harris, the innovator, the incredible writer that um, wrote the book, High on the Hog, and I, you know, I just can't stop talking about it to everybody I meet. So those are great summer recommendations. I know you are a huge fan of High on the Hog as well. Yeah, yeah, man. I loved it. And the, the especially uh, well, everything from like Benin, where they start out, they go to the roots of everything, mm -hmm. uh, to just these stories about, what was his name? George Washington's chef, his, his mm -hmm. private cook, of course, who was an enslaved yeah. man. Uh, Hercules, was his name Hercules? Mm -hmm. Hercules, yeah. Uh, and just the, just the audacity of Martha Washington, George Washington's wife, who who, as we all know, didn't cook, but she gave mm -hmm. out a cookbook and is famous for recipes like, for example, mac and cheese. Mac and uh, cheese, uh, of uh, course. Large American staple, and where does it come yeah. from? You know? yeah. And I, I love that we're alive in this time, Marcus. What a time to be alive mm -hmm. when this re-examination and, and where the, the true stories are being, uh, 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 how do you say, unearthed and told, mm -hmm. like, yeah, mm -hmm. this is, this is where mac and cheese comes from. You know, just yes. a simple thing like that, you know, back mm -hmm. to what uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones did with 1619, really this broadening and kind of opening up of, of yeah. the books to what actually happened. And yeah. for, all, for all of however painful that is, it gives me so much hope for the next and the generation after, you know to be able to stand on more truthful grounds. And again, as we were saying with Sweden, to know who we truly are. Mm -hmm. You know, to not only know who we are, but to be able to accept and deal with, uh, you know, our, our mistakes, uh, uh, our, our fallibilities and failures, you know. Just one thing before we go, I was down on the beach the other day and my friend pointed out these, like old, uh, with these old boats all, you know, all fallen to pieces, it's like shattered pieces of boats. He says, uh, you know, this was from Baltutlemningen. And I was like, well, what was Baltutlemningen? So apparently when the Soviet Union rolled in and took over the Baltic states, uh, from one day to the next, you know, uh, lots of uh, people living in the Baltic states jumped in, in their boats, small boats, big boats, whatever they had, and, and sailed to Gotland. And, uh, and landed here, and the Swedish state actually sent them back to oh, wow. the Soviet Union. Oh, wow. And, uh, oh, wow. and my friend was saying, I think he said, you know, this is one of the most shameful uh, points in Swedish history. And I'm like, wow. And I had no idea about it. Um, you know, mm -hmm. just dealing with yeah. and accepting what, what we've done, who we have been and who we are, you know. Whether you're in the United States, mm -hmm. England, France, uh, uh, Sweden, Denmark, uh, South Africa. Yeah, it's just uh, as individuals, but also as nations and cultures. Yeah. Jason, I hear yeah. that grill is calling your name. <laughs> yeah, it is, Put brother. the shrimp on, put yeah, your man. great chicken tikka on there. I see yeah, you got yeah. some yogurt. I yep. want to see pictures. Picture's uh, coming, peace brother. Peace and love, and I'll speak to you next week, bro. Yeah, man. Peace out, brother. Enjoy Bahamas, peace. man. Peace. Thanks.
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 